When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And bigger than ever, it's the unofficial 40 from Soonerscoop.com. Presented by the Choctaw Casino and Resort in Durant. Now, here's the entire Soonerscoop crew. Carrie, Josh, Eddie, and Bob. All right, welcome back. It is another episode of the unofficial 40 podcast from Soonerscoop.com. Is uh I think others will try and duplicate, but, or, but what is it? They'll never, they'll try and duplicate, but they'll never duplicate, replicate. Is that how it goes? I guess I should turn everybody else on as we get started. What is that? I thing? feel often imitated, often imitated never, never duplicated. duplicated. Why would you want to in- imitate this podcast though? <laughs> There's no formula. I mean, what's the, how are you going to be? Okay, let's do a sooner scoop type podcast what even is that nobody knows it we're just gonna talk from week to week constantly go off the rails about things that have nothing to do with anything we're just gonna do that we don't uh, even have segments we are getting ready to enter the podcast wars of 2019 apparently it's not gonna be much of a war oh come on it'll be fun it's not gonna be much of a war so you're just gonna get everyone to hate you now i don't care <laughs> It's not going to be a war. I would agree. I don't even know if it be a battle. It's not going to be a battle. Yeah. A skirmish. I'll put I'll I'll put our podcast up against theirs and we can we can compare if we really want to do that. And we're talking about, you know, major news outlets. Everybody's getting podcasts. Everybody's happy. into the podcast. Like podcasting. Game. What is it? this will be our 5th year doing Everybody's in the, the podcast game 40. these days. And there look, I think like Lee Benson and his brother do a good podcast. Was that like Inside Everest or something well, like Matt, that? Like you listen to it? Yeah. I don't know why I'm giving other podcasts <laughs> That's weird. about OU football out, but I'm trying to be a nice guy. F*** them. Okay. We start early. Hold on. I now have a button on my browser. That Just leave it in there. Let everybody Mark. hear me say that. <laughs> uh, they know what you said. Trust me. See, See that's the whole point of the, the Like, why even Mark. bother? Because we only we only block one word, so we know exactly what he said. It's a great question. Because maybe we maybe it's 2019. Maybe some company wants to advertise with a CEO that doesn't care for the f bomb. Well, that person's a loser. How about that? <laughs> That's not going to help our chances. Podcast over. <laughs> Bonuses are definitely over for Eddie. Uh, I have a feeling people will listen or not. You Eddie, really you, don't get business, do you? Huh? You really don't get Ed, business. I really do don't care. Eddie, are you are people, you moving? People are going to listen or, if they listen. People I feel like Eddie's listen. in. I'm, Eddie's I'm just, in one of those states. No, I just I, I think it's ridiculous that we have to act like uh, that 
you know, we aren't real people and don't talk like normal people. It's and been not, a while not since this, you just not dropped this. multiple f bombs. I just I've, I've cussed say that. one time today. I've cussed one time. <laughs> they. I'm just I saying just, you've been holding a, them up. A, you've been holding whole, up. No, as a whole, I I'm fear. saying I'm not just saying on this podcast. I'm talking about everywhere. This PC culture that we live in is ridiculous. Oh my God. <laughs> Absolutely ridiculous. What a mountain to die on. Eddie's gone full old with that take. Well, it's just ridiculous that's, that's that like, people. That sounds like my people, dad. Nobody. Get, the only people that get upset about cursing right now are actual losers. I don't know. Well, if I'd I don't want to hear language. I went. I took my kids out to training camp, and I heard some coaches cussing. Don't come. Don't come back. It's football. It's ridiculous. I'd like to hear some cussing in training camp. Oh, some of those guys are true artists. I mean, Mike Stoop, some of the stuff he would put together, that was that was gold. There was no topping Bobby Jack Wright. He was the master. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he was. And the thing about Bobby Jack Wright that was so great is he wouldn't even have to cuss. Like, he would cuss. Uh, Jackie Ship would cuss. Mark Mangino, my God, what a filthy mouth! Um, but Bobby Jack Wright would just demean you, and he wouldn't even like he, uh, Brett Bauer's official name. I think we've talked about this before. Was just dummy. He would just after every play, hey dummy. I mean, he'd just wear him out. Why was he spending so much time yelling at scout team guys? Well, you got he's a big recruit out of Florida. You got to. Try and develop talent. I think that's, that's when they were doing that's that. That's probably where they went wrong. They were spending too much time developing guys that never developed. Well, I, I would say the mistake would have been not giving up in a proper time to know that. She get two weeks. This if, is a guy not that's going <laughs> to show up three years after he graduated at a pro day. That's true. Hey, guys. This is systemic. I used to talk about this in recruiting. When they would recruit guys that you could told them six months in advance, you're not going to get that guy. And they would keep trying and working, and you're like, you're wasting your time. My, my number one example, John Houston, the kid from Sarah, five-star oh linebacker oh, from Sarah. Oh, glory days. Yeah, you're, you're not going to get that guy, guys. Like, I don't care how long you try. I don't care how good Tim Kish's relationship is. He's not coming to Oklahoma. And I think he did take an official, if I remember yes, right. Yes, he did. Yeah. And everybody got, oh, like, oh, Josh, I'm hearing stuff. There, there's other people reporting. Yeah, no, that's not going to happen. And it, I was like, I'm not going to either. I'm not interviewing that kid. I'm not spending my time on that kid. Nothing's going to come. And nothing would be better for our site than for me to do that interview and try to pretend that's a real story. But it's just not. And this, so I'm on a rant there. But, I mean, again, this, is a, this was a systemic problem of spending too much time on a lost cause. Josh just used the word systemic more times in a podcast than in the history of podcasting there. Boom. It'll be imitated in the podcast wars. It'll be imitated. We're we're listening, people. When you start using systemic, we know where you got it. We won't be listening. (laughs) That's fair. Neither will anybody else. So one of the uh, people that's joining the podcast wars had a headline that was kind of interesting that was... uh, uh, that kind of hinted that it was a bad weekend at Oklahoma. Josh, would you like to address, was it a bad weekend at Oklahoma because they didn't get any commitments? I don't, I don't know who's in that. I don't know who came from that podcast or there. 
it's it's one of those things where you don't cover okay you don't well that's that you don't cover recruiting and so you think the only it's it's either commitments good no commitments bad like there's no middle ground and that's just not how this works oh somebody asked me today in our in our board chat which i'm about halfway through for anybody listening that wants to go check that out there are Someone said, Josh, how many commitments do you think end up coming out of this event for Oklahoma from the 2020, 2021, and 2022 class? I could easily get to 12, and I think 15 is possible. I, I don't know what else you have to say beyond that. That's that's. Is anyone else distracted by his vacuum cleaner? Maybe a little bit. <laughs> Damn it. It's all right. So my cleaning ladies are here. We're doing this on a Tuesday. I don't usually do it on a Tuesday. I forgot ladies? when we set this up. You plural? My well, God, how much do you make? I they, should know this. What are their names? No. Gloria? Linda. That there Linda's is no way no. that somebody no, leaves your house and Linda. Ice. I think her probably, name is not Linda, all right? If you're listening, Ice. It's probably Luisia. It's not Linda. Probably Luisia. Yes. So bad. So what? bad. No, and the reason it's plural is Linda's? it's summertime. No, no, it's summertime. Oh, she has so, Yeah, that's what's happening. Child mm-hmm. labor. Mm-hmm. Ice. No wonder you don't wow. want him to build a wall. You want to keep your house clean. <laughs> wow. Is this, this racist? Is... Yes, I think that was. I, I think this whole segment borders real <laughs> close when when Linda was immediately frowned upon. Well, I just don't believe that that's her name. <laughs> That's her American you think name. Josh is, yeah, you just. <laughs> uh, yeah, n- Does maybe, Trace Linda um, know where you're moving to? Is she going to be your new cleaning lady? Uh, yes. Yes. Um, Trace Linda's. It's it's an interesting conversation to have when I'm sh- currently sharing the house with, you know. <laughs> uh, and there is, there are limitations in mm-hmm. conversation. God, so, it would be so awesome uh, if you had a speaker, like. Playing us. Uh, so yeah, now I'm just this is uncomfortable as I've ever been during the podcast. I, Good, I've we heard that it. Linda stopped. Is she trying to find out what's being talked about and, and if she's being talked about? And I, I'm concerned about that very much because the it, it's not running right now. So I, I don't know. What uh, happened? I, mean, I thought you had an automatic. Yeah, the robot. Robot. No, I I do. Guys, that can only do understand. so much. You don't understand how big yeah. this house is, Carrie. Oh, it, I've been there. It's big. <laughs> I mean, those, uh, those hand-carved wooden floors, oh, very Lord. difficult to reach in all the spots. <laughs> Unbelievable. Um, no, it... Uh, yeah, we, we were talking about bag. whether it was a. The, you were yeah. talking about how Good many weekend. commitments would come out this weekend. Save me, rescue me. This blame, is awful. Blame Trace Linda's on this. It's not our fault. <laughs> um, no, so yeah, you know, like I like I said, you are talking about a lot of guys that could come out of this weekend. Um, a lot of. Especially in 2021 and 2022, I think Oklahoma really laid some good groundwork. Uh, guys like Gentry Williams, uh, the you know, probably the guy that if you were going to say, oh, you could only have one guy from the in-state class in the next two classes, who would be that guy? I think Gentry Williams would be the guy they want. That's a. You think he's a five star? I think he's in the conversation. Like I, when you mix five eleven, six foot as a fifteen year old, fourteen year old, and runs. Already, some of the best track times in the country. I mean, that's just 
that's hard to go with. And then you watch him on tape, and the kid makes plays against Booker T's level of competition as a high school freshman. I mean, that's that's hard to combat. And like I said, he he and I talked some last night. I got a very strong impression that Oklahoma is going to be tough to beat for him. I think he really liked that. And that's again, that's what this is about. When you want to say commitments good, commitments bad, that kid hadn't even started his sophomore year of high school yet. And you're going to say, oh, well, it wasn't a success because a guy like Gentry Williams didn't commit or a guy like Kendall Daniels from Beggs didn't commit or whatever. Man, that's, that's just not very realistic. These guys want to look around. They want to take their time. But you laid a bunch of good you – know, like, I, I was going to avoid saying groundwork yet again. Planting the seeds. Were, yeah, I mean, groundwork and, groundwork and systemic. They were going to be everywhere in the next few pods. <laughs> um, but, no, you know, you have the chance to – really establish yourself with those guys and start to build those relationships that end up with commitments like Andrew Rame or other in-state guys or other guys from Texas, Relique Brown from California. That This is how these things work. This is Alabama doesn't land a five-star the day they start recruiting them. They've got, I mean, to land the elite guys, you got to wait. And what, what, what I thought the best thing of the weekend was the guys showed up. How, mm-hmm. how many times have we seen – Big names supposed to arrive, and then there's transportation issues, or they get sick, or some something changes, and it just tire. and it fizzles before it even gets a chance to start because the top dogs weren't actually there. But you look at the videos, you look at the photos, and you know we've talked to a bunch of them. You can tell they got the kids that they wanted the most to attend, and that's how are you you're able to lay the groundwork and get it going. If they don't show up at an event like this, it's not like you can't overcome that, but it makes it a heck of a lot easier now that you've already got that found uh, that foundation there and a chance to spend time with the family and the coaches in that type of laid-back setting. Well, and it's a positive sign that those guys want to come because it's always, you know, I mean, and I know people – will always overreact to a guy not showing up when he was supposed to. And sometimes there's completely valid reasons why a guy doesn't make that trip. But these were all unofficial visits. All their families, these kids, they were paying for it out of their own pocket. And for Oklahoma to get all those guys there. And the list we had that we were pretty much finalized on that list as of Tuesday, Wednesday of last week, they still added Clayton Smith, a four-star linebacker from Texas High, which has not been a traditionally strong area for Oklahoma to recruit. I mean, you get John Michael McGee, I believe, 2012, and that's the only one I know of. Same here, um, yep. So, I mean, you know, and, and, you know, it's a school that you can go back for those that kind of know OU Texas. You know, you've got guys like Nathan Vasher was a Texas High guy. I mean, there's some good players that came out of Texas High. Ryan Mallett was a Texas High guy. So, I mean, there are a lot of good players, and he looks to be the next one. And I've talked to him at length. We've got a story up on the front page right now. He loved his visit. He will come back, told me as much as he liked it, his mom liked it more. So, you know, Oklahoma getting that guy on campus, sure, they didn't get a commitment, but they started that process of, okay, now he wants to come back for a game. Okay, now we're going to talk to him about maybe being an official visitor for the spring game next year, which is a time when Oklahoma has a track record of landing a lot of commitments. In a way, do you think that, Josh and Bob, you think this has been a little bit misrepresented as far as the barbecue goes, and maybe this is more – should fans just look at it maybe more so as an open house as opposed to a quote-unquote – 
recruiting weekend. But that, like an official recruiting Right, weekend. right. I, I think that there's just a lot of people that have, I don't know, maybe the whole weekend as a whole has been misrepresented in that I think when people think, oh, this is a huge recruiting weekend, they automatically think, oh, they're going to get five or six commitments Sunday night and you're going to see eyeballs all weekend, which is to, still the case in a way. But I think more so like you see – uh, you know, people that don't even work in the football offices at the barbecue uh, with their families. All the kids are out there from the coaches' kids and stuff like that. So I, I almost think it's like more of a end-of-the-year open house, if you will, uh, like you would see at like an elementary school at the beginning of the season, or I mean at the beginning of a semester or the beginning of a school year, as opposed to a quote-unquote uh, big, massive recruiting weekend. See, the the reason it got that rep though was because Lincoln Riley brought it his sure. first year. You know, oh, sure, yeah. yeah. His first, he's two months into the job, and, and he's getting Jace McClellan, Jeffrey Carter, Jalen Redmond, all within a two hour period. Daryl Simpson commits a couple of weeks later, so everyone was programmed to believe that. Wait a minute, when Riley says it's a big weekend, it's not just a big weekend in the future. It's an immediate gratification weekend, and we're going to get a lot of eyes. We're going to get a lot of commits. And now we're starting to see him come back to the norm because that's just not usual. That's not how things go. You don't get four or five commits in one weekend. That's not how the game is played now. Sure. So now you're Well, isn't it fair to say also that, that this is a, you know, especially with the younger guys, these are more elite kids that are coming in overall that aren't going to be making decisions on the fly like this at yes. this point. In the- when it comes to 2021 and 2022, yes. But I think there were definitely a lot of fans, a lot of readers that expected 2020 to add at least one or two names and a little bit surprised that nothing happened in that regard and a little bit surprised that really doesn't feel like it's imminent. You, you, like, maybe, but you're sort of wondering, wait a minute, why aren't these guys jumping? And if they're not jumping, then is it time to start looking at your other options? Well, and, and I explained it to people this way, Josh. Like, you know, we were prepared for the potential for a few commitments. Like, you know, the guys that we thought could pop, you guys were on the ball. You were ready to run the stuff. We were all kind of wondering, is it going to happen? Uh, do You know, Eddie was ready on social if something happened. You know, we were all kind of just waiting for eyeballs and and trying to uh, put all the pieces together. And it didn't happen. I would say that, you know, from that standpoint, yeah. I mean, if you want to say it was there was some disappointment, it was that there could have been a commitment or two or three that didn't happen. Uh, now, I don't, I, I don't know if you can – feel free to jump in here. I don't know if you can call that not closing uh, or, you know, just, just kids not being ready. Uh, but – I mean, to me, that's the only real disappointment out of it. It's not like you lost ground with any of those guys, I don't think. And and then what you have to start remembering, and someone brought it up on the board too, is you remember last year's spring game, and you had seven commits in three days. Only two were actually are actually Sooners: Jamal Morris, Theo Weeks. Yeah. You can have a big weekend, but then it can fizzle going down the road because. Those kids made an impulsive decision. They knew they wanted to look at other schools. And then it all disappears anyway. So sometimes Bob, that's okay that you didn't have it now. You get it a month or two later. R.J. Henderson does not appreciate this characterization of him making rash and poor decisions. Can't believe things haven't turned out better for him. 
Did you see that? Did you read the quote from Mullen on RJ that someone posted on the board? That quote is worth it. It uh, doesn't even make sense. Yeah. It's like, like he doesn't know what to say. He's read it. It's it's just what? He's he's going to come but we don't know when. <laughs> it should be by the first of the school year, but we're not sure. What is that? I don't understand any of that. Well, and it makes sense when you remember on top of all of that that Dan Mullen is uh, a central figurehead when it comes to character building. Oh, well, I mean, you know, he learned from uh, Urban. Urban. I mean, a true, a true legend of humanitarianism. Okay. Talking, okay, so let me, the defensive tackle, you're talking... I'm trying to uh-huh. think of his worst offenders. M- who, Mullen? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Sweat's obviously. No, but I mean, Sweat's one of those guys that's kind of like Mixon. Like, it was terrible, it's awful, but there's nothing else to support that being anything other than anomaly. And I'm not saying anything about that. But, but also, Mullen was there for all the Hernandez stuff. I mean, he was involved at Florida when all that yeah. crap was going on. So he bears some. It's hard of that. to hard to throw that on an assistant, though. I mean, it's never really been done. You're you're right. You're right. Uh, now here is now, the, I the mean, Mullen. Like when you're when you're when you're Tom Herman and you're involved with somebody like Zach Smith and you're you know talking about going to strip clubs on official recruiting visits and uh, you know that stuff is kind of like that's a different. It's a little bit of a different bag. Like that's just shady. You're just kind of you're just kind of shady. Yeah, I think that. Probably. If you coach in the SEC, I think you're pretty shady. I think it just comes with the territory. I remember way back in the day, was this, Josh, was this you telling me this? Or maybe it was, I think, like, Brent Venables went out of his way to tell me one time, hey, uh, ran into some people and they knew you. I was with some, some high school coaches and we were at one of those bars where the girls, you know, don't wear a lot of clothes, like Twin Peaks or something. He's like, I'd appreciate it if you didn't mention that, if that gets out there. And they're like, wow, it made me, like, think Brent Venables is a super nice guy. Like, he's afraid that people are going to know he went to Twin Peaks. Like, he is not going to strip clubs on visits. He has the hooker come to him in his hotel room. That's a smart, smart move on his part. There it is. See, I, I was thinking of a different story where um, a group of high school coaches I knew after a big win in the playoffs went to uh, they, they they went to a establishment where they wore considerably less clothes and enjoyed their victory. A night quite a trip bit. situation, if you will. Yes, uh, I, I would almost put it exactly at that particular uh, establishment. Hey, listen, if you, you come up to the city area and you want a football game, you can do whatever you want after the game, right? Uh, I might even yep. go. I might even go with you. Uh, Come down I, here and take down Norman North. Eddie will get the first lap dance at Sugars for you. I I couldn't tell you that I wasn't there. That would probably be a lie. There you so, go. <laughs> uh, well, that's how Josh that, Josh became Josh. The greatest part about it was way to go, Tom Herman. They Junior. they the, <laughs> this oh god the school's bus was like not <laughs> like not like a Wait school a bus but like. <laughs> Like the the school like the coach's um, bus the coach bus yeah like yeah like the the big you know Ford Econo line like was yeah. in the parking lot with the school's name Duncan on the Public side Schools 
Uh, it wasn't. It wasn't parked next door at Whitewater. I'll tell you that. That is a fact. It was. I. Uh, I. If it would have been the day, it was probably just a little bit before camera phones. But if not, it would have been a great picture, and I could have had free. Uh, Free food with these coaches at any point from that point forward. I would so. imagine that that's a situation that you can no longer get away with, even in uh, today's yeah. world, even though it wasn't too long ago. Yeah. Yeah, that was about 10 years ago. So we know it was in Oklahoma City. No, it was about 10 years ago. Everybody put your thinking hats on. Big victory. Mm-hmm. Big victory. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You would, uh, never, guess huh? you would never guess it. Yeah, I don't think so. It's Bob Wilson. Bob, you know that we're story, from don't Oklahoma you, City, And he wouldn't go there, and they probably weren't winning games 10 years ago. Yeah, they certainly weren't winning games 10 years ago. 2009? I'm not the excellence of Putnam City North football stopped and started after 2005. Also, started. Well, had a Heisman Trophy winner, couldn't even get to the playoffs. Yeah. Senior year. Not my senior it's year. It's an indictment. Yeah. <laughs> and you're a better coach. Oh, God. The bitterness. Yeah, I didn't realize there was that much bitterness there. Not much of a fan. I have... I had some... In, this is the most I've heard him clarify it, but I have heard it before. Hmm. Interesting. So, in other words, he probably didn't return phone calls for schools that were interested in you. I, there were no phone calls to be scholarships. There were no phone calls <laughs> never, to be answered. Never materialized because of his. There were no phone calls to be answered. Okay. And for anybody out there that would be like, "Well, Eddie's a malcontent," I can tell you flat out, I know his position coach very well. Have known him for about twenty years, and loves Eddie like a second son. I like, could have coached that team. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, back on track here. What was what was the single best thing that happened for OU last weekend at the barbecue? If you had to name one, I, I well see now you you're the very end of it throws me off a little bit, but I'm going to be honest about. I'll just say within the weekend, getting Kamar Wheaton on campus, five star running back, number five overall player in the country. Um, he didn't come to the barbecue. He came on Friday and got a lot of one on one time and was around the staff and did that kind of thing. So it was a little bit different visit than a lot of the guys that were there for the barbecue. But this is a big-time guy, could be one of the foundational pieces. I mean, you you talk about a class that has Vandegriff and Wheaton in it. I mean, that's a – I mean, I hate to throw a mother of a jinx out there, but that's Bomar and Peterson. I mean, that that's, that's the kind of air you're talking about with two top five guys in the same backfield. Um, so – like I said, I, I he's a big deal. I was told by a lot of people that he really enjoyed his time. I haven't had a chance to talk with him. I'm not really holding my breath that that opportunity will present itself. Uh, he's a pretty quiet guy, doesn't really talk to anybody. It's kind of, you know, if you talk to somebody about it, it's a, a coaching friend or it's a friend of his. You know, like it's, there's, it's always through kind of secondhand people. So it, it's a little tough to know for sure. But I do think Oklahoma made a good impression on him. The in-state factor is back. It's it's nice to see after the last couple of years of people wondering what the heck was, was going on. I mean, you had Ethan Downs raved about his trip. Kendall Daniels at Begg sounded like he was almost close. Then you got Horn and Williams for 2022. 
that's nice to see. That's nice to, to think that there will be a firm foundation from within the state that elite guys, not just guys, you know, you're saying, well, maybe they can work, you know, a borderline three-star type type of dude. Now, these guys will be legit, and they'll really help in terms of trying to build the 2021 and 2022 classes, even though they didn't commit, and I don't think any of them will commit anytime soon. You know OU is going to be the leader for that quartet for a long time to come. I mean, the nice part about that, you're just talking about nothing but defensive guys. I mean, you're getting big, good athletes. Horn and Williams could be your three years starters at corner. I mean, like that, that, that could be the start of, okay, now Oklahoma's starting to produce some NFL-type guys at corner. Um, you add Kendall Daniels, who Kendall Daniels, to me, is a guy that if, if he can get to 225, 230, he'll be an absolute monster. It's just a matter of can he put that on his frame because he is 6'4". I mean, he's every bit of his listed, but he's 185, 190 pounds. He's a big, long – he looks more like a receiver right now. Honestly, he looks a little like C.D. Lamb did at the same age. Like, And I know that's like, whoa, that's crazy. He's bigger and he's broader, but like that same kind of – he's still very lean. There's still a lot of development to go. But if, if his body can do it and can hold it, that guy could be a special, special player. If if he doesn't put it on, you think he could still be a factor at safety? I I think I don't think he has the the twitch that would work very well at safety. Um, I think if 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 he couldn't get to play a pure linebacker position, he'd have to do some kind of hybrid. You know. Um, have a you know whether you had a special setup for him or just doing something um where he's because i mean like i said guys that his size and can run those guys aren't everywhere you could a guy that's creative enough it's kind of like what i talk about with lincoln riley with certain offensive guys if you have a defensive coordinator that is creative enough to find a role for him i, I think you could make that work and the good thing for oklahoma is in that conversation Alex Grinch will do all kinds of stuff with his front seven. He'll throw a lot of different looks at you. He'll do a lot of things like, you know, okay, we're going to blitz Kendall Daniels in the A-gap. No, he's dropping 20 yards. Like, he'll do a lot of different stuff. And with that, it provides you that flexibility of, okay, maybe he could still work even if it doesn't go just the way we want it to. Any Anything that you would, you would really put your finger on as a disappointment this weekend? Oh, I mean – you know, I think you have to own that it's a little disappointing that there weren't any commitments. I know earlier we were talking about, you know, the fans kind of expecting some. I, Bob, I mean, I think we're just being honest. I thought at least two would come in this exactly. weekend. I, yep. I thought I thought Jonah Monheim and I thought Noah Renze would be on board. And I, and I told Noah as much. I, I was surprised that he hadn't committed. And, you know, nope, it's fine that he didn't. Um, but it's just one of those things where I thought that was the way that was going to go. And with Noah, it sounds like he just wasn't quite there yet. That's not really where his head was at. With Monheim, I continue to hear stuff like there's going to be some sort of resolution by the end of this week. Now, it may be that it, it, as simple as, okay, he's just not ready to go down that road, and Oklahoma's going to have to get more serious about, okay, maybe it's Aaron Parks or maybe it's Anton Harrison or Marcus Dumerville. They might have to look in another direction. And it's not not that they won't still continue to recruit Jonah Monheim because I, I, from everything I understand, they like him a whole lot. But they have to 
prepare themselves for the possibility they're not going to get him, and what do we do in that eventuality? Aren't you guys kind of going on about a month where you've just been wondering any day that he could pull the trigger, Monheim? I'd say it's about two. It's about two months. Yeah, I mean, with yeah, the way that Beatenbo has been filling up that class and with the other options out there, it's sort of, hey, you got to do it now or we kind of move Running on. out of space, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Oklahoma, like I said, I, you know, I talked to you guys about it before we started the pod, but there's a lot of belief that not only is Oklahoma taking a strong position with Aaron Parks, they may be the leader. They, they might be the pick you'd make right now. Uh, for those that, you know, if you want to go with the case that maybe Oklahoma takes a fifth offensive lineman, which is still a possibility down the road. I just don't think it's deemed, okay, that's definitely going to happen. I think it's kind of open-ended right now. And the thing with Parks but, is that is intriguing is, like, he's telling that to people in the area. Like, it's uh, it's coming mm-hmm. from his part of the country, not from anybody in this part of the country. Like, he's just that, he's just openly telling people, he's intrigued by Oklahoma as much as, as much as any team dead on. I mean, that's, that's a great point. Cause I'm not, he, I, I, that's not from conversations with my sources. That's not something that I'm getting. That's something I'm hearing from people back East close to him. So it's coming from him. Like, I mean, that, that that's not a, you know, like, Oh, you know, the, this, this source thinks Oklahoma has got a good chance. That kind of thing. This is from his side of the fence. So, like I said, I think if Oklahoma wants to go down that road with Parks, they are as good a contender as anybody. He really buys into uh, the whole Bill Bedenbo mystique. And then you talk about Marcus Doomerville. I mean, I know Eddie and I talked about it after we did the interview in Atlanta. That guy was a lot more sold on Oklahoma than I expected to hear. Like, he, I thought he would kind of be, you know, he's St. Thomas Aquinas. He's got a ton of offers. You kind of thought he'd play it cool, but he's like, man, Oklahoma's O-line you. That's why you want to go there. That, that Their guys go to the NFL, blah, blah. I mean, he had the whole thing laid out. He, he knew why Oklahoma was appealing, and he clearly loved his officials. So there's a lot of ways Oklahoma can go. And, again, with Aaron Parks, He's never even been to Norman. He's never make, made an official visit. He's never seen a game. Oklahoma has all this. They can still throw at him if they want to go down that road. And like I said, I think that's why there is some expectation or some plan that, okay, if, if Monheim isn't on board here pretty soon, Oklahoma's going to have to figure something out because they don't want to lose that momentum with a guy like Parks if, if they need to go ahead and use it. And for people that don't know Parks – it wasn't a regional combine. Like, he was the offensive line MVP of the five-star challenge in Atlanta. Like, that's a big-time football player. He, I, and again, kind of, and it's funny what an easy fit he is because, like I've, I've talked about for a long time with Monheim, he could play some center, he could play guard, he could play tackle. There's a lot of ways, oh, you can use him. Aaron Parks lined up, you know, at the five-star. He played some center, he snapped, he did guard, he did tackle, like, he is the same kind of guy that has a lot of positional versatility, which you know I won't go into again, but we know that Oklahoma likes that. Do you think that it's a situation where, I mean, is it, to, for a lack of better terms, is it Monheim, is it his spot if he wants it and then they move on? Or do you see it as a situation that if Parks wanted to commit today, that kind of rules everybody else out? I think it's Monheim's spot for a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. I, I think I, I and I, it would be interesting to see how they handled that, Eddie. I don't because I don't know. I mean, 
Again, we're talking about him. He's the number. Aaron Parks, the number sixty-seven player in the whole country. Right. That's what. I, that's what I'm thinking. Just from a fan perspective, you would think like, oh, well, this guy's ranked higher. You would want to take him, and you'd almost tell Monheim, like, sorry, but we're taking the higher ranked guy. I, and I know that's not how they they do that, but sure. it's 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 an interesting conversation to have, I guess, when you have three guys out there basically going for one spot. Sure. I mean. You know, like I said, I, I can tell you, I mean, Nate Anderson, I think we've got him at 122 or something in the country, and Andrew Rame's barely a 250 guy, which is crazy. Whatever. But, you know, that's, a, that's another story. But I can tell you from talking to people that I trust, Oklahoma thinks those guys are as good as anybody in the country. I mean, they think they are, they are very excited about both of those guys. So, and looking at Oklahoma's track record, I mean, you know, they took Ben Powers, who nobody else was that excited about, turned him into a third round pick. Oh, Cody Ford, LSU didn't want him. And you, you can't, you can't, there's two things that you can't question about Oklahoma football right now. And it's what they're doing at quarterback and what they're doing at offensive line. Like those are, yep. those are off limits. And you could maybe even make the conversation at wide receiver. Yep. Oh, I mean, so basically now, the offensive side of the ball. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, and it's amazing when a group that has produced, Joe Mixon, Kennedy Brooks, Trey Sermon. You're like, well, the running backs are the weak link here. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I mean, it's not wrong. It's just the other three are so good right yeah. now. Even yeah, hell, I mean, even tight end. You had a Mackey Award winner. I, I mean, the tight ends are probably the most underrated part of the whole mm-hmm. thing. But which yeah, is I mean, funny because I think if even if you ask Lincoln Riley about it, it's like I we still I don't think talk about enough how good Dimitri Flowers was in that role and his ability to open things up for everybody else on that offense. It's or am, I, am I overstating it? No, I no. mean, he just, I think the thing with Demetri Flowers was Lincoln Riley loves that H-back spot. He loves yeah. the fact that people don't account for him, uh, that, you know, that he can do things uh, to that guy. I mean, that's why he has an H-back coach. I mean, that, you know, he understands that that can be kind of a secret weapon in the offense, and that's why we're kind of excited about Braden Willis seeing what he can do in that position because he brings he's a different type of guy. Well, you I mean, talk about you talk about all those guys and it's like Calcaterra, Lee Morris, and then Braden Willis, yeah, or you know even I guess even Jeremiah, Jeremiah Hall, had yeah, in a way tech game last year, and then it's like catch. oh shit, what about Austin Stogner? What are they going to do with him? So yeah. yeah, I mean that that entire fullback H back room, uh, tight end room is. I mean, Shane Beamer has plenty of options there, I guess, is probably the just the best way to say it. What I would like to know is, and, I, and I've always, because it's got to be, because those positions don't dictate anything. Like, if you've got two backs on the field, you're probably running the ball. you got four wide, you're probably throwing the ball. You get those guys out there, they don't tell the defense anything. Because they could be lead blocking, they could be doing that little dummy play up the middle that they used to run to love to run to Dimitri Flowers. I mean, those guys can attack in so many ways, and they're so versatile. I mean, like I, Bob. I mean, much love. Carson Meyer became a very Stock useful up. player for Oklahoma last year. I mean, he. I going into last year, I was like, oh, I don't know what they're going to do. He was. Uh, I mean. Pound for pound, maybe their best blocker. Carson Meyer was a really good player for them. Well, I think a big part of it, too, people don't defend those guys in those positions with, like, a, a, a great sense of urgency. Sure. Like, you, you're you're focused on C.D. Lamb. You're focused on Grant Calcaterra or Lee Morris. You're focused on, heck, you're focused on uh, Trey Sermon coming out of the backfield. Like, th- that guy at H-back, whether it's Carson Meyer or Dimitri Flowers or 
you know, Braden Willis moving forward, like you just they don't get the ball enough for you to just you know look at them every time they come out there and say, "Got to watch out for this guy." And you need to have someone who's selfless enough to understand that that yeah. they're not going to get a lot of touches, but to make the most of them and that they can handle all those different parts of the offense. Because Josh is right, you don't get tipped off if it's a run or a pass play, but that player's got to be capable in both areas in order to even be on the field. You know, and there's probably also something to be said for a guy like Austin Stogner. Is there a dude that more lulls you to sleep? Like, and I don't mean like he's not good or he's not, you know, but like there's nothing about Austin that you're like, wow. You know, I mean, he's big. And that that's like, but you're not like, that guy's going to run past me. That guy's going to do this. Like, you don't realize how fast he's moving, and then you're like, crap, he's gone. Like, and it's, like I said, it feels like the, like, Braden Willis, like, you see that dude, and you're like, that dude's scary looking. Austin's, like, just good. He's just a good football player. And, I like I said, I, so I think he's got to have some subtle advantage in just being like, there's somebody that's going to be like, oh, he's just a blocker. He's just going to block guy. Like, they'll think he's Carson Meyer and won't realize, like, he's fully capable of being a 40-catch guy. He's like he's not like baby Gronk. He's like a newborn deer Gronk. Like, I don't know <laughs> if he's capable of getting there, but you certainly see the possibility. There has to be, like, a little development phase where it's like, oh, shit, he gained 30 pounds. Yeah, like, he's he like, could get 30 more, and then he would be there. He's giraffe just born Gronk right now. You know, like they get up. And well, it's very easy to see why Frankenstein looking. Whoever would yeah. like him, you know, it's very easy. The potential to see. is ridiculous. Absolutely. I mean, and even, I mean, even when we saw him back in the spring, I was like, better than I thought. Yeah. When I'd see him running routes, because he's just so damn big. You, you expect him to be more awkward than he is. Yeah, I did. Yep. Yep. I I, I did the same thing when I saw him at. Army, I kind of thought, okay, maybe it'll catch up to him a little bit here, and he was fine. He didn't have any problems. Just a little bit more out of the barbecue, Josh. I wanted to ask sure. you about the two JUCO defensive tackles, uh, Justin Jackson and Quay Mays. Mississippi boys. What uh, I, I think that outside of maybe those those two offensive the offensive linemen and and uh, Monheim and uh, I'm gonna have a problem saying that. Name. Yeah, I can Monheim. already tell Monheim. You've done Mon twice. I know uh, it. It, it would seem, though, that those two kind of on a pecking order, if you're looking at, you know, I guess 2020, that class, and even further, just what they're doing at defensive tackle, they, those would be two that really kind of jump off the page at you. Yeah, you know, and, and I, I got the impression talking to them and talking to some sources that it was really Oklahoma wanted to not only be around them, but just kind of size them up. Like, how, how big are you? What do you really do? Because on tape, they're both really good players. I, you know, I talked about it last week. Justin Jackson is, he's committed to Georgia. I mean, where the head coach is Mel Tucker. Is, uh, I'm sorry, he's committed to Colorado. And the, for, the head coach is former D.C. at Georgia, Mel Tucker, that knows what it looks like. I mean, he knows the kind of guys he's looking for. And for for him to sign off on the kid, he's he's clearly a good player. I think they wanted to see is he because he's listed at like six two two fifty. Is he six one two forty five or is he six two and could carry two seventy five? Okay, like I think there was some trying to figure that out. And with Quay Mays, when you watch him on tape, good penetrator, really uh, almost an ideal fit for what you think OU wants at that nose where. I mean, he's big enough. He's probably 310, 315, something like that. But he's quick. Like, he's going to get upfield. He's going to attack. He's not 
Casey Hampton that's going to just sit his butt down and wait for you to come to him. Like he's going to go make plays upfield, which is what we all believe Alex Grinch wants. So I, I, I think there was some interest in both of them just to size them up, kind of see what they said or see, you know, how it all just came off. And I think with Jackson, um, I talked to him and he, you know, he told me that Thibodeau and Grinch kind of said, Hey, you know, we need to see your transcripts. We're really interested, blah, blah, blah. Um, they both were around Thibodeau all week or all Saturday. So I, I think there's some real interest there. I really do. Now, the fact that they weren't offered on campus tells me there's some, like, there's some hesitation. I don't know what it is. I haven't figured that out yet, but I think Oklahoma is still trying to figure out their numbers. Like I said, I mean, you still have to say maybe a quarterback emerges. I, although I'm getting farther and farther away from that being that realistic of an idea but who knows maybe somebody comes up and they say we want to take that chance well you've got a couple offensive linemen like we've already talked about in play Dante Manning is still out there do you want to take another corner which it kind of looks like they might with making the recent offer uh, to the Caleb Offord kid that's committed to Notre Dame so there's a lot of balls still kind of in the air as far as where these numbers are going to play out that was kind of a, a very specific and a very dated shot throwing Casey Hampton in there Oh, I mean, Casey Hampton, just a big ball that was a friggin' great player. I mean, you know, no no shot intended. Uh, he was a beast, but he just he wasn't a guy that was going to get upfield and get you sacks. Can we talk about Corey Redding while we're at it? Or? Oh, yeah. Hey, Corey Redding, Galena Park, North Shore. Huge recruit. Max first, big one. Big win. He was the – wasn't he like USA Today Player of the Year or something? He was. Because okay. that was the year – they signed the offensive and defensive because trivia. Who was the offensive player of the year that year for USA Today? Vince Young, Chris Sims. Chris Sims. Oh, okay. Uh huh. So, yep. You, they got that duo. Oh yeah. I'm. You know. I don't. I don't know if Vince was or not that year. He probably should have been, but he wasn't. Well, he would have been younger. Yeah, I mean, that, yeah. You're no, 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 no. I mean, like the year he came out. Oh, I'm when he came. I don't know. Yeah, if USA don't, Today. I think uh, Max Westheimer, whatever his name is. <laughs> M-Finger. Max M-Finger. I think maybe he'd started his religious scouting service by then. Do you think that's the first time Max M-Finger's ever been mentioned in a podcast? Like, that te- those two Ooh, things don't that's match. a very good question. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. A, it's like... I've never even heard of that name. <laughs> oh, Eddie. I bet. Would I have been a fan of this guy? Oh, and no. His, <laughs> no, 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 no. He looked like Bob Ross, but oh he God. was a recruiting guy. A recruiting guy? He is was he, like, does he there still were, do it? There were some tent pole recruiters back in the day. Max Imfinger. Lemming is still, uh, still out oh, there. Tom Lemming, and you're. you. <laughs> you. Well, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> oh, listen I mean, if it's not, if not for just the name Tom Lemming makes me want to get facial injections. I, might, I mean, the, the the plastic surgery, <laughs> the appearance on the blind side. Did that? Where, how that, much did you hate watch that? Oh my god! <laughs> oh, Nick Saban needs to get his tape from me. He always wants to be first. Like, <laughs> you asshole. Bob, that, you uh, need to watch your cousin. We're trying to get sponsors. <laughs> We're trying to get some people to come in here. You never brought up the name. <laughs> I'm trying to. I, this guy doesn't even exist on the internet. M Finger, Max M Finger oh, recruiting. Max M Finger. Max M Finger. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> See, only. Uh, did you say? The, did you say that he went on like a crusade or something? I think he became a religious. I think he started a religious scouting service. <laughs> How does that work? Are you a Christian? <laughs> All right, we're gonna rank you. 
the lead I mean, in from no. his WordPress.com site. The new LSU locker room facility is a mind-blowing renovation by Super Scout Mex Infinger. Oh, this guy looks great. He does look like a Bob Ross. <laughs> Do you think he still has a 900 number? I don't know. Or does he join? Pa- did somebody finally convince him to join Patreon too? I'm I'm worried that this thing is going to give me some kind of virus on this computer. <laughs> <laughs> MaxMfingerRecruiting.com, free advertisement. There you go. Uh, Alan Wallace was another of the uh, oh yeah. Polls. So you kind of remember that name. Mm-hmm. I can't remember who ran Prep Star. Alan Wallace worked for Scout for a while. Well, he was one of the first. He was mm-hmm. one of the first people that signed up with them. Yeah. Oh, that's right. He was You're kind right. of, he was, you know, because rivals went with Bobby and 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 Krabby, mm-hmm. and Scout kind of put their weight behind Alan Wallace, which I don't think he was working anymore at that point. Yeah, you had Alan. You had obviously Bobby was a big deal. I mean, I. Well, I've Schumann? told that. I've told that. Who? David Schumann. Oh uh, no. yeah. Yeah. I don't remember Dave being anything other than camps. Okay. Um. Oh. God, I remember going to that. I went one yeah, year. Yeah, I mean, he Dallas wasn't really like Justice into Hansen. the recruiting yeah. part of it. I mean, you were more, more like uh, David Garvin was. He and Bobby oh, wow. Burton worked together. Ask a Texas fan sometime about Gotchar, bro. That pretty much ended David Garvin's career. He's not a football player. Is he still around? Some some fans on his board got convinced that Garvin would make up names, like would just make up, or like not like n- not make up names, make up evaluations, like pretend he'd seen people he hadn't seen, and so they came up with this guy, like David. Have you heard about this guy named Yar- Gotch Yarbrough? Oh He's a Canadian wide receiver. <laughs> he went on like and would talk about how talented the kid was and blah blah blah. And they're like, this is not a real person, David. We just made this guy up, and like and I want to say within like a year. The LSR, uh, Lone Star Recruiting, that used to be part of the Rivals Network, it was like our Texas prep site, got handed over to Catch. And that's kind of when, and then later on, Catch took over the Texas site. No, Catch owned Lone Star, and then they gave him the Texas site from Garvin. There we go. So, a lot of Rivals history there for everybody. Be a pop quiz later. You need to put in post production, you need to put that little more you know, little uh, (laughs) bum, bum, bum. That's what that is. So there you yeah. go. Yeah, I don't want to bring up any more names. All right. What, uh, I guess, is there anything else from the barbecue that you wanted to, that we haven't hit on? I know that there's kind of been all over the place, but I mean, as a whole, I think that you could say it was a positive, even though it maybe isn't viewed as a positive. I know we're kind of rehashing, but. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's probably the best way to put it. I mean, it, there wasn't anything bad that happened. Uh, Josh, I, I've I've one question. That was first visit campus. Brian Darby, what what were his thoughts? He loved it. It, it, it was like it was amazing. You know, he he kind of gushed about it. And we were supposed to talk either today or tomorrow. So I don't know when that'll actually happen. But um, he is. He loved it, you know, and a guy that, like I said, I know some people when he committed thought, oh, college station guy. You know, he may. I, I think he's all in, and I don't think A&M's got a spot for him anyway. So, like, I, I think there's not much to worry about. He seems very solid. I think he really liked getting his first look at campus and just being around it. And, I mean, again, kind of what we talked about. Talk about a good event to be at. You're already committed. It's just a fun deal where the coaches are cooking barbecue and there's water balloon fights and, you know, Kendrick Blackshire's hitting Nate Anderson in the face with pies. Like, it's super low-key. 
And it's just that's a really easy and good introduction to a school for the first time. It is. And, it, it was kind of interesting. Like this, this group is not real. I don't want to say social media savvy, but not social media forward. That was there. Yeah. Right. There were not a lot of videos leaking out. Like the videos and photos from the last couple of years, you had a better idea of how the day was progressing, where they were in terms of is it is the day almost over? You know what's just, still left to come. Just know uh, if you're out there listening, Jack Bridges and Kelvin Hicks, you are still <laughs> parent champion, parent recruit champions. Well, it's. I mean, you had uh, Justin Broyles' mother. You've, oh, you've yeah. had Corwin Walker was a big one for, in terms of Daryl Simpson. You, you've had some. Corey Robertson's mom tweeted a lot, it seems like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you've, you've had some parents that, and it's not, you know, all parents are really championing the, the brand, but what these parents would go above and beyond doing is they would post the videos and the photos yeah. real time. So you had a better feel of how the day was going. Yeah. And we just didn't have that. Slackers. Well, I mean, the good news is it didn't hurt us nearly as much as it probably hurt some others that parents were not heavily involved. Every once in a while you get jaw shots that are just gold. Yeah, I know. Kind of almost gets me erect, I'll be honest. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you're in the right chair. You go after Chance Mock while you're in the right chair. Chance Mock, that's a name I haven't heard in forever. He started the <laughs> 2003. Oh I know. That's just like, <laughs> that is that is a name that I have not heard in literally forever. He was, he was a concussion kid, right? Uh, no, no you're thinking David Ash. Ash. Oh, yeah, that, I'm thinking, that's yeah. what I'm thinking of. That's right. That's right. Vince Young was finally just better. Yeah, Chance Mock was the, 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 the stop that's right. gap. That's right. I think... Wasn't that OU game the last game Mock started? It had, they, to, I, it had to be. He was terrible. 65-13. Well, brought like, a young Vince Young to just take a beating that day. I'm trying to remember, like, how bad was it before Young came in? It was like 21 nothing or something. Wasn't, like, it wasn't that bad yet, but it was well on its way. Because well, Young didn't do anything. Yeah, because Young, Young got a lot of turnovers. Yeah. In that, he had that, that fumble one. that Jonathan Jackson picked up. And then the next uh, year, it was the 12 nothing game. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Can you imagine a twelve nothing game now? That- oh my God! What happened? What happened to the, the after the first quarter? What happened after the first five minutes? What happened? Guys, somebody asked me on the board today, and that same same deal on that board chat. They were like, "What's more likely to happen? Alabama scoring, or what's going to happen first? Alabama scoring third, or excuse me, LSU scoring thirty on Alabama, or Oklahoma shutting out a top twenty-five team?" Oh boy! And I'm like, "It's it's LSU. Do you know the last time LSU shut out a Top 25 team? Mm. 1995. I was going to say, this is one of those questions that you think it it's probably happened question, in the last yeah. decade and it hasn't happened in the last 95? God, 30 years, I, 25 years? I, Carrie, I know you'll know. Bob or Eddie, can you tell me who LSU's head coach was in 1995? DiNardo? Yeah, nice. Yep, absolutely. Jerry DiNardo. I'm glad that you guessed, Bob, because I had no <laughs> idea. I was eight. <laughs> pretty wild so yeah i I mean coming up uh we've got media day on friday in fan appreciation day this is how close football season is i I saturday before practice i had a buddy text me he was like hey you want to play golf saturday i was like absolutely this is like my last (laughs) saturday don't have anything to do it's gonna be awesome bob bob's tweet uh DM in the group, we're trying to figure things out for Friday and then Saturday, and I'm like, Saturday? What's Saturday? 
lo and behold, we'll be talking to Lincoln Riley after the first Oklahoma football practice on Saturday. That's how that's how close football season is. Fridays meet the Sooners Day, local media day. So I mean, it it is one hundred percent here. I I drove by the uh, practice field I yesterday, saw that, yeah, and uh, took some bush pictures. Took some bush pictures. <laughs> uh, they were out there. Mowing the lawn. Whatever I mean, it kind of got the juices flowing a little bit. And then Monday, we'll be able to have video and photos. So the next next pod is going to be a loaded one. Yeah, we'll be have we'll have been at a practice on the next pod, which is insane. You think Jalen Hurts will wear any OU gear during practice? Uh, I mean, no. Actually, what are the, the chances? What are the chances he'll of Jalen Hurts? Green. What are the chances that he does wear OU gear? Should that be the question? Were you you got to wear a helmet, right? <laughs> were you guys aware that... They don't that put the OUs on them at the start of camp, I don't think. you got to earn your OUs. It's like earning your stripes with the Yankees. Were you aware that you can bet right now in Vegas on who the starting quarterback is going to be for Oklahoma? What do you get? you got to bet like a Jaylen, million to yeah, get $100. Jalen Hurts is minus 1,500. Spencer Rattler's plus 500. And Tanner Mordecai is plus 800. I just... Wow. I, that's Rattler's insane to me. Well, it's insane to me that... You can actually go put money on that. That that somebody well, out bet there fifteen hundred to win a hundred, correct for Jalen Hurts. Yeah. Okay, correct. Which I mean, it's it's clearly odds on favorite well, going in. I think so. That's free freaking money. Like if you've got the money to make the bet, yeah, how I many mean, how many people just with big bankrolls? That's all they do is make those kind of bets. I'm sure there's a lot of people in Vegas that make a healthy. Because to me, that's the, the only bet that really makes favorite. sense. And if you just had the bankroll, but it's not. I mean, let's face it. How fun is it to spend fifteen hundred dollars and just win a hundred? Like that no, you doesn't seem. That's one of those things you put down. You know, twenty grand or well, something. Well, yeah, but yeah. still, you put down twenty grand, fifteen, ten. I mean, that's you went like barely even twelve hundred dollars like, yeah, or whatever. Yeah, it's like twelve. Not worth bucks, the. Yeah. What's the the line? The juice not worth the squeeze. God, there? we're so horrible at math, and we almost nailed that. That's unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, there'd be somebody that'll find a fault in it. What was the what was the math problem we tried to figure out that one time? On the oh, it was, was something awful. stupid out of like little problem. big league. Five five <laughs> days removed. From yeah. one it was thing. a it was a it was a it was a uh, oh it was Wonderlich off the uh, question. Yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 that God, that was terrible. That started and ended my my <laughs> life as a uh, under uh, Wonderlick uh, ev- talent evaluator. <laughs> You're like the Madden evaluator. Eddie had an interview the next day. They called and canceled. You know who is, though? I know who is. Barry Sanders. Barry, Sanders. Barry J. Sanders. Barry J. Barry J. Sanders, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Which is cool for him. I mean, I went to Stanford. Oh, that'd be an awesome job. That's my job. Just roll around, Bay Area. Josh would be unbearable if he had that job. Like, nah, he's a 75. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's a 75. Yeah. 75 like, and a half. You know, Did you Tom, see Bra- him? Tom Brady would be like, he's a, he's a punk. He's nothing. <laughs> Do you have you ever seen him turn? Oh, the the thing like the like things, go watch Patrick Peterson turn and then come back and tell me he's an eighty. Tell me he's a yeah. Tell me he's a ninety nine. There's no way he's more than eighty three. You're out of your mind. Is there any way that they'll will shed light on Caleb Kelly's situation on Friday? I mean, I and no. I say situation. I don't even. Oh, know what I the would situation just. Is. I would. I would say. Well, it's right now, asked, Caleb but, Kelly is still. Four, you know, the plan is still playing in four games, getting ready to go next year for a full season, which, you know, he, there's just no way he's going to be back for even half of a season, not 100% and cleared by doctors. That's with the same thought, though, that, like, we know for a fact what happened. I mean, it, it was always so weird how it was 
specified that it was just a oh, lower yeah. leg injury. I mean, I mean he had surgery. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it no, was, I, I know. It was an ACL. Yeah. Okay. And, I mean, he and Jordan Kelly had the same injuries. I don't know. It just seems weird that it was never... That's the way Lincoln. I don't know. That's how Lincoln rolls now. He doesn't just tell. And I think upper that's because, like, lower body. I don't. I mean, it's. I I want to say that it's because NFL stuff and you know protecting a player's injury history and things like that. Not so much HIPAA, even though they can hide behind that if they want sure. to. Sure. But I mean, NFL teams are going to get a full physical. They're going to find out what's happened. They're going to have your medical history. So th- all that doesn't really make a whole lot of sense with, to me, to be honest. So if Caleb happened in March, yeah, it, six to eight months. There's just no best way, case, right? Yeah. Best, best. No, case. I, you wouldn't think so. April, May, June, July, August. <laughs> oh God, math September. Again. <laughs> I mean, September is six it's months. Six. Yes. Ready for a hot take? Sure. See how powerful prayer is. What? Nothing. No. Just, <laughs> I mean, what? What do you have me say? Just, oh, <laughs> Eddie's attacking religion again. I'm, I'm, not ta- I'm not attacking anything. You absolutely are. I'm, that's not an attack. That's a statement. It's a hot take. Let's just see how powerful prayer really is. Would there be any way? It's the reason your cars are always dinged up. <laughs> it might be. If he if he was ready, it's halfway, definitely a karma thing. I sure. have not known Eddie to not have a car that, sure. had the, that doesn't have half of a side caved in. It happened with your truck. Yeah, I got that fixed though. I need. I just need to go get it fixed. I need to go do that. I might do that before <laughs> the season starts. No, that's gonna be my my oath to uh, the listeners. I'll get that fixed before September one. But is there any way, if he's ready, like halfway through the season, they say screw it because you're four games. Well, the other side of it, five might, might years be. In. Who's playing better? Like, are they getting yeah? Better Deshaun play White. Out of Deshaun, if Deshaun White. White is playing lights out, and and Kenneth Murray is the guy that we think he at least three quarters of the guy we think he could be. Do you have a need to play Caleb? Who never has really taken a shine to that position, by the way. Josh, who would you say has more? To quote unquote prove going into this year, and this might be a little unfair, Buki or Kenneth Murray? I would say I, Kenneth Murray. Okay. I, and I get the case for Buki. I do. Um, Buki he's is younger, only he's had, Buki is only trying to prove he deserved to be a five star, though. Kenneth Murray's yeah. trying to prove that he is the best defensive player in an entire in a sure. Power Five conference. Sure. Sure. I think say and and Buki last year at times was a completely serviceable and good player. Like everybody thinks about that West Virginia game, but I think For it's not reason. so much that he. Yeah, no, that's fine. But it wasn't so much that he Lord. was. Ugh. He wasn't so much bad the rest of the time. He just didn't look like a five star. Yeah, it well, wasn't remember, that he was, he was bad. He just wasn't what you. Th- yeah, I mean, it wasn't UC, what you thought he was, he was. He got hurt in the UCLA game, and he was never the same. I mean, especially after Kansas State hit. Yeah, then he was really the K State hit was yeah. the real one. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, and with Kenneth, like, Kenneth has had moments of good, but there's, like, you can point to plenty of scenarios where you're like, well, that wasn't what it needed to be. Well, I think the most frustrating thing with Kenneth Murray is you turn on the game and or turn on the tape or whatever, and he makes some really unbelievable plays, and then they run right at him, and all of a sudden he's catching, and 
he tackles the guy six yards down the field. The most troubling thing for me is that at times he's just lost on a football sure. field. I mean, and that's never. I don't lost. think that's going to ever be. Is it is it wrong to say that's never going to just be learned? You can't sit there and just. I think to an extent you can, but I don't know if you. It's about instincts. Yeah. Does he have any? That's why I think like hanging out with guys, you know, with like whoever up there, whether it be Teddy Lehman or whoever, you would hope that that is somewhat, I don't know, handed over or suppressed upon him. I don't know. Like you would think hanging out with those guys and, and, and watching tape by your third year, you would get that position. Not necessarily down, but you would understand what you're doing better, I guess. I, it, it's been interesting because he's had so much on his shoulders. Like, that defense has been so bad. I mean, other than Curtis Bolton, he really had no other playmakers at that level of the defense last year. So, I don't know. If he can get better play up front, if Ronnie Perkins well, comes that's, along, if that's the other Gallimore comes along. That's the other side of the argument. It I is, think Fah Matu can be a really serviceable player. If those defensive linemen can play better. Yeah, it opens up a lot of things. See what happens Murray. with LeBron. It's all a trickle down effect. I think that you get better play up front, you're gonna your your uh, defensive backs are gonna play better probably because you're gonna be on the island. Yeah, forever. you're not gonna have to cover for six seconds or eight seconds like they have sometimes in the last couple of years, or have enough time to just be in single coverage and throw it sixty yards down the field. Yeah, sure. To Tylen Wallace over and over and over again. Did you watch any of that game last night? Was, no, I've they, seen they it were recently. I've it seen it recently. It was like, like in the number, last, I saw it when I was on vacation. Last it was like week. number fifteen on ESPN News. It's uh, tough games to watch, man. I mean, that's a defense. I, I got triggered about it last pod. I can't do it again. A defense was terrible. It's crazy. You know, I feel like that was the pod when Carrie and Mike officially like broke up. Like that's where the relationship Just stop ended. Stop it with that. It it's sad. Like I I I'm. As we go. <laughs> we remember all I don't the even know where this is coming from. Together. You should have seen these uh, this little, I don't know, was it a silhouette of Mike that you had like the candles and stuff around over here in the corner? I don't appreciate by, you. Wait, wait, was that by the chair? That's really uncomfortable. It now. is uncomfortable now that I think about it. You bring up a good point, Josh. I don't appreciate you uh, building on this bullshit, basically. That's what we do. This will be often imitated during the podcast. It's a good thing I edit the podcast. Full control. (laughs) Yeah, I thought we went (laughs) for an hour and a half. Editorial control. It's just not there anymore. It's real weird. (laughs) What, uh, outside of Friday, is there anything, though, that you're really... Because I know that we caught some flack on the message boards for saying, "Oh, that's a that's a local media day question." Just as I did, at least. Uh, what <laughs> about kickers? Yeah, but it's, I mean, but seriously, though. like it there is. there will be some questions about kickers. Uh, Gabe Bursick, Burkich, uh, God damn it! And then uh, it just—I don't know. I mean, are they? You really think they're going to try and play up? This is a competition, or is it? I bet we have Jalen and Tanner. And Tanner, no, I, mean, I, think I bet we talk. Maybe we'll talk balls. to Spencer. I don't know. I, I I think Lincoln is pretty open and honest about it. Yeah. It's it's going to be multiple be- people carrying out multiple assignments in the kicking game. You have Reeves Munchchow, 
Well, he's going to be your punter, and then you have uh, the Kalen and then Sutherland is, I think, the has, kickoff guy. He's a little bit more of a short, shorter field goal type thing, and uh, uh, Gabe will be the long. He has a little bit bigger leg. I yeah. mean, he's a he's a big dude. He's like six two, uh, like one eighty something. I mean, he's kind of a unit. There you go. There's your kicker breakdown. And they have <laughs> they, they had to wait a month. They for have it. the they have the best battery in uh, maybe the, maybe the country. Casey Keller and uh, Connor McGinnis, a uh, former Hody winner. Wow, I can't believe returning. Connor McGinnis is still here. He's a senior this right, year. He's a red shirt senior. So that will be. You think, uh, that you think be fun. other like special teams coordinators across the league are, are going like, when is Connor McGinnis ever going to graduate? Maybe gets been here forever. Maybe. They were saying the same thing about uh, Wesley Horky. Yeah, they're saying the same thing about uh, Horky there for a while. Even maybe Carter Whitson going back all the way into the mid two thousands, just like they did with Jason White, just like they did with John Nemo. <laughs> Shout he out! Didn't seem like he was here forever. Shout out Nemo. And he didn't didn't he go to UCO and then come back or something like that? I don't think so. Or did he leave and then go to like never left? Okay, he was always there. But I don't. I don't think there's anything else out there that is going to just be a revelation come Friday. It's going to be like, oh, yeah, the, the, we weren't expecting that. I mean, it's going to be. Only thing would be if someone got hurt in the last couple. Yeah, of weeks we've talked about like, like he's you know, out. Just see, yeah. I mean, we're going to want to go see Jeremiah Cradell. We're going to want to see Jaden Davis. We're going to yeah. want to see anybody about, new in the secondary. What about R.J. Proctor? Just as far as where he fits in with this. I mean, I think everybody kind of has him penciled in as a starter, right? At guard. But where, what does that do does to he, everybody else? Right. Does he take away Marquise Hayes, Tyrus Robinson? I think Marquise Hayes is kind of locked into one I spot. So. Like I, I would think something drastic would have to happen to move I don't know, him. But to I gotta him say, out. I would think Bray Walker's locked into the spot at guard, though. Yeah. Are they keep him at guard? Like I think there's a lot of question marks. Obviously, well, with the I offensive mean, line. Ely, but obviously Swenson's going to start too. Mm, Josh, your Josh. hair, <laughs> son of a. <laughs> Not cosine. That is not a cosine. <laughs> now, I mean, he will, but okay. If I put it in front of you, who's the starters at tackle by Texas? Do you think it's Winston still one of them? I don't. Doesn't it? Isn't the UCLA game really the barometer? Uh, maybe. I mean, Jonathan Alvarez, like we said last year, was starting. I mean, is there any question of who the better player was, whether Alvarez was healthy or not? We've talked about this before. Go look at that starting lineup. Offensive line wise against Houston when they lost. Yep. It was Alvarez, Alvarez Alex, Alex Dalton. Dalton. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Brown. Did Cody Ford start that game? I know he started against Ohio State, but I don't know if he started the game against Houston. I think, I think maybe he Dalton did, started in his place. Okay. Oh, you're right. And then Ford started yeah, you're right. And then he got hurt against Ohio State. That's right. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, there's going to be some shifting. I mean, I, that's going to be – nobody's going to be able to figure that out right away. What's weird, I think, with the line right now is the competition seems to be at guard when you actually want it to be at tackle. Unless Proctor's moved to tackle. But, like, you were talking about Bray Walker, Daryl Simpson. Like, all these have to be moved to guard. And when you think, who are your tackle names besides Michael Thompson, who's never played the position? What's crazy is, like, Beatonball gets – his mindset on his tackles now. And he, like, he was determined that Cody Ford was going to be a tackle. And he was determined that, um, golly, I'm blanking on 75's name. Samia? Drew Samia. 
like wasn't going to be a tackle anymore, which I thought when he started as a tackle in the semifinal, you know, like how do you just take him out of there? Like, but that's what he wanted to do. That's what he did. Yeah. He gets it in his mind that this is what I want to do, and he does it. Unless it just doesn't work. And then he scraps the whole thing, and they basically move everybody yeah. around, and it's like a restart for everyone. It's it's, it's going to be interesting to see how that comes together because, you know, I in no way do I am I sitting here saying that OU's going to lose to Houston or OU's going to lose to UCLA, and they're certainly not going to lose to South Dakota, or we should just burn the entire thing down. But, I mean... Oh. I don't think it's crazy to think that, and again, I'm not saying this is going to happen, but it's not crazy to think and have an open mind that things could be rough in that first couple quarters against Houston, or you go on the road for the first time and play in a UCLA team that, you know, it could be a a program-esque turn for them if they were to beat an OU in the third week of the season. And I don't think that's going to happen, but... I don't think anybody was sitting around here thinking Houston was going to beat OU in 2015 either. Dane is going to come in here and attack those corners, attack that secondary. He's going to have a quarterback that can execute. Where would King be on as far as the best quarterbacks OU plays all year? Oof. I mean, it depends on how far guys like Michael Brewer come. Yeah. But I or don't know. Brock I'm, Purdy I'm, I'm, or I mean, Elinger. I think you put him up there with Brock Purdy based on how he finished last year. He's, I'd have him ahead of Purdy. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, yeah, they're in that range together, I think. And I don't think he's that far behind Sam. And I, that's no shot at Sam. I think King's pretty damn good. Especially with what they're going like, to... And it'll be interesting because Holgerson's never really had a guy like that. Right. Or at least not in a while. Um, he's had more traditional pocket type guys who did he inherit at, at west virginia who was his first quarterback would it have been post pat white yeah yeah because white ended around the same time as um bill what's his rich rod oh, okay geno smith geno smith yeah. would have been his first quarterback yeah and then right. and then trick it yeah yeah yep so i mean does that get enough pub that holgerson likes a transfer quarterback yeah, I mean, it is narrative season. By the way, I I, <laughs> I did make it three episodes into last train. I finished last it. You, did I you? did. You're doing God's work because I watched four and I was like, all right. It's I've, really hard to I've watch back enough. to back seasons the same. This I couldn't give. I couldn't get through the second East. You know, Mississippi. Yeah, East it's, Central. It's East bad. Mississippi. It feels like they're just picking the wrong players. Like, why didn't we hear about more about some of those other guys that actually did stuff? It's like the nar- the narrative was set. You're in. saying the documentary, like Bobby Bruce. Why are we following Bobby Bruce when he didn't do a damn oh, thing? Why was there an episode centered on him? I know you have eight episodes. You wasted one to talk about someone who never did anything. So everyone anyway. can see how lovable this loser is that knocked up his girlfriend and then kept robbing people. Like, yes, that kid is too stupid to be at even a junior college like Independence. Now, it's the just, only thing I'll give him credit for is at least he owned that it was just him. Like, he didn't, like, take his buddies down with him. Yeah. Like, he was like, they didn't know anything about it. And well, I'm it just like, seemed well, like they're I'm, focusing on the guy. Well, he'd already been in jail. Ratings. He knows snitches get stitches. Fair enough. It just seemed like they're focused on the guys that they knew would get some ratings. Yeah. And the, the coach is just such a... That guy's such a joke. It doesn't even like they spent. It makes me uncomfortable. They spent a segment. I should on like him. I should Jermaine like Jermaine Johnson. 
the number one of the best yep. junior college kids in the entire country. Yeah, and that guy he goes has to Georgia. That guy has <laughs> players coming in left and right. But yeah, I mean Jermaine Johnson like made one of the biggest plays in early in the season, and they like glossed over it. It's like, it's like all right, he, like had like a fumble, like a sack fumble recovery touchdown that broke open the game against like Dodge City, and they're just like, yep, there's, and then they move on like, but the quarterback from Georgia Tech is hurt on the sideline. It's like but yeah, they're I- up sixty to seven. I liked the the other defensive end. I liked that storyline. Like I thought he was good. The white Obviously, kid. Yeah. No, no, no. Kalen. No, Kalen no, Davis. Davis right? kid yeah. that signed with Arkansas oh, okay. State. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they call him K- KD. Um, he. Um, I, I liked his story, but I'm with you guys. Like, I, and I get that I come at from a recruiting standpoint, but a lot of people that are going to watch that do too like they're football fans that want to know the backstory of jermaine johnson or they want to know the backstory of the kid that signed with kansas or what you know like they want to have some connection to it not just bobby bruce is an idiot again yeah. by the way uh we've talked about kind of things on the boards that have not driven us crazy but just been kind of like head scratchers somehow when that thread turned to people mad at us because we couldn't tell them when qb1 was starting is one of the best threads that's been started recently. But, like, so somebody, like, Eddie just did a, I don't know, I'm going to Google it just like you will, and it was just, screw you if you can't tell me what's going on. Like, that is, oh God, I'm going to get so much crap for yes, that. Yes, you now. are. <laughs> but, I mean, like, literally, like, that's one of those questions, like, I don't know, like, I'd have to Google, like, I wasn't on the production of the set, like. Great question, let me Google it. <laughs> that's exactly what I said. And it's, I, I believe it's August 13th for those that are listening. But it was like when you realize that Spencer Rattler didn't even play, but how many games did he play this season? Uh, this last season? Five? five? Yeah, I was yeah. going to say somewhere around there. I, I, it's going to be interesting how that whole thing is too. crafted. And yeah. I also think. And then what did like, one of the other quarterbacks get hurt and like not play a whole bunch or something? Oh, the, one of the other guys that they yeah. uh, featured? I don't remember. Uh-oh. It's going to be interesting, though. And this might even be a question. Maybe for Riley on Friday or Saturday, just as far Friday, just as far as like, are they going to is it going to be released? Like what? I think we all know what he kind of did, but is it going to be released publicly? Like, is that going to be out in the forefront? And is OU going to have to like make a comment on it? Like we support like I'll ask him that. That's kind of like the, the PR bullshit, stupid stuff that I'm talking about. It's like. It's not that big of a deal, but there's going to be people out there that, oh, look at Oklahoma again, this renegade program. Maybe we should maybe we should find out exactly what we said about Spencer Rattler that they wanted to use. I hope it's in there. I hope it's something before crazy. Before we start going after Lincoln Riley too hard. I'm not going after him. I'm just saying like it's, no, I'm just it's saying, going to be interesting what they what how that is treated, how that's handled cuz that's put on the dock. Yeah. You know. Yeah, it has to be it has to be talked about. You would think. Because that's going to be somewhat Headline clickbait news. I don't know, 17 this is year why old Spencer kid, Rattler was suspended. Seventeen-year-old kid and why he got suspended. Five five-star quarterback going OU. Why? I really don't know. I'm just saying. Hey. I'm wondering. I'm wondering how QB one deals with that. Like, do yeah. they release no, that, that, what the details exactly. were? Right. Can they Speak release? It. Speaking of Lincoln Riley questions, is anyone going to ask him if uh, he has plans to put Spencer and Jalen Hurts in an Oklahoma drill? Where did you guys come, see this? Where did this come from? Have you not seen this? At Miami's practice, Manny Diaz put Tate Martell and their other quarterback, Nikosi Perry, into an Oklahoma drill. Jesus. And is Tate Martell still standing? Tate, No, Tate apparently put him on his back. 
I could see that. Right. I mean, he's low. He's got low center of gravity. He does. He's got some, yeah, you know. But I, that's such a gimmicky ploy. Like, we're going to be tougher this year. We're putting our quarterbacks in Oklahoma drill. You're lucky you didn't break somebody's arm, and then you'd be screwed. Everything and you, that everybody I've, think you're an idiot. Manny Diaz was on uh, ESPN, I think. He went up to yeah, Bristol or something. Yeah, the car wash, yeah. Oh, was that the car? That was part of the car wash. Mm-hmm. Did, oh, did, did Lincoln going to do it? Big 12 not do that? I don't think the Big 12 did a car wash this year. I don't think so. No. wonder why. Like, as a whole, the league didn't do one. That's, good. That's a good question. Yeah. They got enough publicity. Anyways. They don't need that. Manny Diaz was on it, and what I saw, like, I kind of like Manny Diaz. I think he's a decent, good football coach. You, you, but, you appreciate his story. Sure. But, like, his whole, like, and I don't know, maybe this just goes back to an idea about the U and everything that that little time period when he was there kind of stood for. But it's like, man, it's kind of a joke nowadays. Yeah. Like, you're kind of a joke. If you're trying to bring back this, oh, the U has this edge type, I don't know. I just, I think it's very fake. Well, I mean, it's just a different time. I mean, you're talking about... Luke Skywalker and two live crew days. I mean, that is old now. I mean, that was when I was in high school. Yeah, that's so old. It just it just, it seems like they're trying too hard, maybe, to bring back well, something that has been gone for twenty years. Think how much they would get mocked if they rolled out of an airplane to a bowl game and fatigues. Oh my god! Now, well, first off, you wouldn't be, be respecting the troops. I mean, I probably. I, <laughs> I knew when that 30 for 30 came out, it was going to be, you know, kind of insufferable for a while. Oh, but that, that 30 but for 30, I would say, the, was awesome. Well, the first one was great because it details all that yeah. stuff in the time period. But then when they came out with the, the second, second one, one, I was like, oh, trash. God. Really? Oh, the one that was, was like trash. actually centered on the you, not the convicts versus About Don Shalala Catholics. and all the stuff. and in No, there's a you part two. Oh, is there? Yes. I don't even That's know if I saw that. About like it, was like the it was like the fall uh, of, of the U. Oh, nobody cares about that. I only care about the, the, the real rise. hardcore <laughs> stuff. So it will be, uh, I don't know. It, it feels good. It feels like football is definitely here. Uh, I, know I told you the other day. started and everything like that. Get ready for December to be here. I know. It'll be before you know it. It'll be, it'll be, uh, be the end of it. Hopefully, people are still going to football games in December. You don't think they will be? Well, I'm not talking about just OU. Oh, just as a whole? Just in general. Um, Maybe yeah. even 9 a.m. on the West Coast. <laughs> that Does that not seem like the dumbest idea that has ever been proposed? Like, if, if we're going to sit here and act like we... they are. Well, if right. we're going to act like we care about the student-athlete, which I think is bullshit to begin with, it... That would be the worst thing that you could do for a student athlete, isn't it? Making him get up and play a to get ready to play a football game at nine a.m. You get up I mean, at three thirty in the morning. Larry Scott's job is not to worry about the student athlete; it's to worry about how do we make football games more desirable so that people want the Pac-12 network. Because until that gets off the ground, okay, they're well, then, so far behind. Everybody. Then the schools and athletic directors have to say something, and like that would be the worst thing that you could do is make these kids get up at three o'clock in the morning or four o'clock in the morning to physically get ready to play a football game at 9 a.m. That's pretty crazy. I wonder how much longer this goes before the Pac-12 becomes where the Big 12 was 10 years ago. And they start... People like question if they should even be included in the college football playoff anymore. No, no, no. I mean, like, do teams start getting picked off? Yeah. Like, because they're losing... I mean, it's not realistic for them to compete with Oklahoma, Michigan, etc. Yeah, I hope the Big 12 goes and takes Arizona and Arizona State. 
I mean, they, they're stupid for not being active about it. Oh, I'd love it if Colorado came back. They're stupid for not trying to put a coup together. Is this, and maybe they're not stupid because Bob Bowlesby said all that stuff about there's no, been no talks about it. Like, that's what you should be saying if you really want to steal a couple of teams. You don't say things like we're not going to be a wallflower? Yes, and I was there for that. Hmm. You know, if they uh, if they would if we would have had uh, Boren and Gallagher fight in a cage match, we were talking about that one morning. Uh, that would be that would be top tier pricing for uh, Centersports.com. That would be Center over so fast. Who do you think would win? Oh, Gallagher. You think no. it would be like what was those what were those t- MTV things in the ring? Oh, celebrity, celebrity, celebrity death, death match. match. Celebrity death match. We yeah. should ha- we should hire somebody out to do a Soonerscoop.com celebrity <laughs> death match. Claymation. Claymation of uh, Jim Gallagher and uh, David Boren. That'd be amazing. Uh, see Murdoch at Soonerscoop.com if you're a Claymation right. person. I know. Come on. Uh, if, we'll see what we can do. Do we do we stick with Mills Davis as the as the ref or do we Mills Lane? We, come on, Mills gosh. Lane. Uh, that's all right. Uh, we could probably, I mean, JR would have to be involved somehow. He could do the commentating, I guess. Oh, yeah. that'd be amazing. This is coming together nicely. You, you know, I did say though. Yes, I know what you said. Cause it was, um, it was with me. <laughs> I said it with Bob. David Bourne's office would want to be in charge of all the physicals for that. <laughs> um. I thought I would take. I thought I would take the worst shot of this conversation, but nope. Somebody went further. It's pretty funny though. (laughs) There's a lot of silence out of Carrie right now. I can't figure out what that's about. I'm just letting Eddie be Eddie. (laughs) Who's going to be Eddie in the other pod pod, podcast wars? Can't can't do. Yeah, there's no matching Eddie. They probably won't. Well, here's what I do know. Josh will do each one of those podcasts, though. Yeah, he'll be represent. Well, soon Josh will do anybody's podcast. I'll do any podcast. You man. will I, put our name. Like, cause I don't know if I, I like that either. If you're not getting the tone. No, I I'm good with it. I all we're okay. We can either be part of that podcast and get some publicity out of it, or we can that podcast will exist anyways, and we get nothing from it. No, I agree. No, I mean, look, we do the podcast for publicity. I mean, that's sure. It's that was our plan from the beginning. It's worked great. So we're continued to do. Thanks to advertisers, we're allowed to do that. So who we love, and we're equally loved and hated. And our language does not, you know, diminish our love for your advertising support. Again, it's 2019. I think everybody knows how people talk. You know, and without getting us too into that whole thing, I think people would be surprised if they knew some of the advertisers that come to us. Because, like, there are people that I would think would be scared of that, like the way we do talk. There are a lot of very down-the-middle people that are more than happy to advertise. Or they used to be. Until Eddie. Until this one. Until he went crazy. Until Bob. God damn it. What? Bob's always shaming us. That's what I do. Do you what? At what age will you start taking your daughter to football games with you? 
Like on Friday nights. Like I would assume the, uh, the wife. Would, let's try like a month. The wife <laughs> would bring. Uh, I want Bob out there with like the. Uh, <laughs> the baby the, Bjorn. Baby the daddy. The daddy can't. Uh, yep. What is that? What do you call those? The baby Bjorn. Is that what you're doing? I yeah. have no idea. What's a baby Bjorn? It's the thing. It's what you're talking about, okay. Eddie. It's what you strap onto your chest and the baby sits there. There's okay. different yeah. brand names, yeah. Yeah, well, I want, baby Bjorn's one of them. I just want to carry things around if I have that. <laughs> Eddie's going to buy one, like have his camera in it. That's not a bad idea, actually. <laughs> Is that a baby? No, it's, it's, no, it's a camera. It's, it's a cannon. It's kind of like a baby. Some would argue more valuable. All right, I think we've exhausted uh, Who would argue that? everything that we need to exhaust. A sane cameraman. Uh, just so we can say for the record, Linda left a little while ago and it was a little uncomfortable. She waved, <laughs> but I'm not sure like it was a friendly wave or well, if it was she, like, I'm leaving, asshole. She probably wanted to know if she was going to be surrounded by ice as she got tried to get into her car. <laughs> Linda, it, her name Looking it legitimately... Looking like, probably like, oh, God, this guy's <laughs> insane. Her name is Linda. I, I can definitely say that. She, the reason there's two of them is her daughter is a, I think she's like late middle school, early high school, and she helps her during the summers. So we, that's the only reason there's two today. Um, so she has a daughter named Linda too? No, I don't know what her daughter's name oh. is. I, that's one of those bridges, like, I'm like, I don't want to ask, because, like, her daughter speaks very, like, if anybody understood what I was Whoa, saying, it was her wait daughter. Wait a minute. <laughs> So you admit? Oh, so what we said was true. You admit Linda doesn't speak very well. I absolutely admit that. I was not going to admit that where her daughter could hear me. <laughs> like, because they're literally like one room over. I couldn't see I mean, them, to but be I fair, knew where they were. You know, you are in Houston. I can't imagine that there is a shortage of cleaning services for people that don't speak English very well. Oh, there's not a lot of Caitlin's cleaning services here. Like, that's, I mean, you know, just be real about it. What is the maid one? Something uh, here in Oklahoma? Ma there's Molly Maids, Mary Maids. Uh, What's that one that I they come over Mary and, maids. like, they do it, and, like, for every dollar you give them, they take item of clothing off. Have you ever heard of that? <laughs> <laughs> no. Do you have a number, Eddie? I'll, t I'll DM you. Okay, okay. Hi, Tiff. <laughs> All right, let's get the hell out of here before this thing gets us canceled for good. Or, you know, just gets, we'll a, do the just gets people picketing, which happens from time to time. All right, so thanks to Josh uh, for all the great coverage on uh, uh, the barbecue. And, uh, boy, the rest of us are ready to gear it up for you guys. Uh, spring camp, or spring camp, fall camp, open it up uh on Saturday, we'll be down there to talk to Lincoln Riley. And you've got uh, Fan Appreciation Day coming up on Friday. So, steal some kids. Get down there and get some autographs. Just make sure, at least get a helmet if you're going to steal a kid to sign. You know? I like that one guy that had that helmet chair that one year. I, I think remember that. Sam was there that year, I think. It's always an interesting, uh, interesting afternoon. Meet the Sooners Day. And now we're not a part of it because we're too busy writing because the media. We'd go comes first. Fr right. Yeah. Where before that was initially the first part. And so we would. I'll be down there getting watch. some pictures of Jalen Hurts' line and see who other, what other lines. I would imagine CeeDee Lamb's line will be pretty big too. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us. We'll see you guys back here next week uh, on uh, Soonerscoop.com podcast. Thanks for listening to the Unofficial 40.